Hey there, this is Liana, and you are tuning in to Sharpen Her Iron, conversations with dope women. Hey, 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 y'all. I am back. I am excited. Also a little nervous about today's topic because I don't feel like an expert, but this message and this concept has really been on my heart and my mind a lot lately. And I just felt like I have to come on the show and talk about it. Um, usually most of the, most of the podcast episodes are me having a conversation with another person. Um, last week I had a dope, dope conversation with my, my god sister, Sasha Roberts. And we talked about, um, this conversation about the difference between thriving and surviving, um, which actually kind of prompted me to say, okay, I need to come on here and talk about what I'm talking about today. And um, also a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation on here with my friend Joy Madison. We talked about um, uh, navigating, you know, the emotions of change that come along with change. Um, or emotionally navigating change. And then we also had a conversation with Tracy Johnson and you can go back and listen to all these podcasts. And my conversation with her was about utilizing the Holy Spirit and welcoming God into um, the daily affairs of our lives. And I'm really invoking his presence and his his guidance um, into every decision that we make at every single point in time. And I just feel like it's not a coincidence that I had those conversations because I feel like those conversations uh, played a, a role in what I want to talk about today and also just like the season that I am in in my life right now. Um, today is June the 26th, 2019 in about four days, June the 30th, it will be, man, I cannot believe I'm saying this, but it will be um, my last day uh, pastoring on staff at uh, Faithful Central Bible Church. It is my pride and my joy. I love that church with all of my heart. It was the church. It is the church that I have been raised in since the age of eight. I began um, serving there in leadership um, at a young age just because I was that kid who really like challenged certain principles and Bible study and just I kind of really needed things to make a little bit more sense to me at certain times and so the Bible study teacher at different times instead of um shutting down that that part of who I am he would just say okay Liana you you teach in Bible study next week you know and so it kind of it forced me it thrusted me into a place of um study and learning and and also my heart to kind of give to other people and help them grow in the faith when I didn't even know that that was that's what I was doing. So this was my training ground. It's the place where I have um, fought many of my personal, emotional, um, spiritual battles. Um, those of you guys who have been listening to my podcast for a while, well, a while, <laughs> I started in March, but whatever, who have been listening to my podcast for the past couple of months, or you may know me outside of the context of this podcast, you know that I've had my own personal just battle with obesity and not just obesity, but really just kind of like the spiritual role that this plight, this journey has um, taken place in my life and dealing with with freedom, uh, with trust, with discipline, with um, fighting for my life, with, you know, going the distance with God and, and, and inviting him into the very vulnerable and scary places um, of my life. And so all of this, I'm saying this because all of this has taken place um, in the context of me 
um, being a member at Faithful Central Bible Church and then eventually transitioning into leadership at a young age. Then around 16 years old, I started taking the ministerial preparation program because I just knew God was calling me in that direction, even though I didn't know exactly what that direction was, what it would look like, how it would unfold in my life or what the manifestation of that would actually turn into vocationally ministry. I just, you know, at a young age, I kind of accepted, like, even if I didn't know it all, I would just take the next step. And um, we can kind of just pause right there. I think that's somebody's word right now. And it's really been something that's been my my personal word from God and something I've had to hold on to. And it's been very scary because a lot of times we want to know what's on the other side of this step. We want to kind of the next 10 steps in order to give us a sense of confidence or comfort in the journey. And for some people, God does work like that. He, he reveals to them this really big overarching plan and they're they're moving in it. But people that are like me, and or that are like Abraham in the Bible, God calls us and he tells us to go without always telling us where we're going or what the journey ahead would look like. Um, and so even at a young age, I had to make decisions about following the, the, um, the leading of the Holy Spirit um, when I didn't know what was on the other side of it for me. I didn't feel necessarily a sense of certainty. So what I mean is... I didn't know vocationally, career-wise, what would that look like? Like, what are you doing with me, God? And it, oftentimes it was it was kind of scary and um, sad even because I felt like other people around me had a conviction about what their life was going to be like. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be this and that. And I didn't necessarily have that conviction. I just had passions. I had um, things I cared about. I had things I was good at. Um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur now. Uh, it's crazy. You know, um, I'm a speaker, I'm a writer. Um, I have my own merchandise line. Um, you can check all of that out at mondaynevercomes.com. Um, you'll see my book and my merchandise and my shirts about courage and, um, you know, but I didn't know that that would be a plight I would be on. But what was it? But as a kid, I'm hustling candy at school, you know, having my dad take me to, to Smart and Final or to CVS to buy candy in bulk. And, you know, I would go to school and I would sell it, you know, not knowing that um, the entrepreneur in me, the hustler in me, and I'll talk about that hustler thing later, but the hustler in me, um, the, the drive in me to, to have money and to not really kind of depend on other people and to kind of figure it out. You know, my parents didn't have a lot of money and that's fine. There were things that I wanted. Um, and especially being a, a overweight kid in school, um, or just in life, it was difficult to find clothes and things that made me feel good. And, you know, so my, my vice was shoes. So like I would sell candy so that I can buy the shoes that I wanted, you know, so I had this sense of, you know, if there's something you want, sometimes the circumstances of your life don't avail it to you in the way that you wish it would come. So, you know, it's okay to try to figure out another, another path, another way of getting getting that getting that and so that that was part of you know me in high school <laughs> that was a part of my journey as a kid not knowing that that same drive that same ambition that same um uh passion or even like kind of dedication would show up later on in life um in the form of a book in the form of speaking in the form of 
courage merchandise because that is my message to the day I die. Like courage is a decision to move forward in the face of fear. Like fear may not dissipate in a vacuum. But if you take the courage to move forward in a particular direction, the, the fear will decrease along the way. And so I wanted to dispel this this mentality or this lie or this idea of like it's, you know, that you have to be fearless. I don't believe in fearlessness. I believe in courageousness. And I believe that courage beat battles fear. You know, not um, beating your up, beating into yourself. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That doesn't work. At least it didn't work for me. I had to say, okay, Liana, you have these fears, but are they going to paralyze you? Or are you going to tremble? Are you going to be a little bit nervous? Are you going to be whatever and still move forward anyway? And so that's kind of, I say, okay, I want to take that and turn that into a message that somebody else can resonate with. And so when it can encourage them because there's someone out there in the world thinking the same way I'm thinking. There's somebody out there saying, well, I actually am afraid. And do I have to go out and say I'm fearless? You know, if, if that's not the truth or is there a way that I can live my authentic truth and still, you know, be victorious, still be um, strong, still be a hero, still be, you know, um, uh, all that I, I believe that I am or that God says that I am with my fears. Do my fears make me less than or they give me an opportunity to um, to overcome and to to thrive and to like knock down walls and you know um, so that's something that I, I decided to turn into you know a brand and turn into a, a company. It, it the the message came out of my book Monday Never Comes, um, but and I took that the message of you know facing the things that seem impossible and deciding. That everything that I that that I need to be who God's called me to be, I can do it today. I don't have to delay or wait to some other point in time, even if it requires courage for me to move forward. So I'm saying all this to say, like, this has kind of just been part of the journey, not really knowing what would come up along the way and how God was building me when I didn't know it, when I thought I was just doing a task for for a moment, for a season, I thought I was just selling candy because I wanted some Nikes. You know, I thought I was just, you know, um, doing things because there were things I wanted in that moment that were going to come out of me doing it, not knowing that it was developing something in me along the way um, into a purpose that I had no idea was for me. Because remember, I talk about this in my book and I talk about this a lot. I didn't know that I would ever overcome obesity. I didn't know that this would ever not be my story. I, I wanted it, but I didn't know, I didn't believe that it would really happen for me. So if you don't even know or believe that something can happen for you, how can it, how can you dream for it? How can you, how can you plan for it? Some things you can't, some things you just got to take life one step at a time and you look up and it's like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. Like literally like what the heck I'm doing it, you know? Um, and so I want to pause right now and encourage somebody who right now in this moment, you don't know what the next five years or the next 10 years, or the next 15 years, or even what the next week looks like. And I was listening to a sermon by Priscilla Schreier. I call that lady my virtual mentor. I was listening to a sermon by her and she said, you know, what do you do when God is silent, when you don't know what God is up to? And, you know, the overarching message of her sermon, which I think everyone should go listen to on YouTube, um, is, or what do you, what do you do when it feels like God is doing nothing? Something along those lines. And it was like, you, you buckle down 
and you do the next thing. Like you stay, you, you remain disciplined to the tasks that are before you and don't minimize what feels like the irritable or mundane things of life because those may be the very things that are building character in you for the assignment that God is already working on when you don't even see that he's at work. Come on, somebody. I'm about to have me preach on this podcast today. I'm leading up to something because I want to talk today about about rest and I want to talk about Sabbathing, but I want to kind of give you an idea of what has led me into this space. So I, um, yes, I'm talking about Faithful Central, the place that has made me. I grew up, I faced a lot of my, my personal fears and battles, a lot of traumas taking place for me. And this place has been my, my refuge, you know, I lost my father here while pastoring. So 2012, um, I, I, right on the other side of grad school, I started pastoring here at Faithful Central, or not here, but pastoring at Faithful Central, um, as a youth pastor and, um, you know, it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing journey, you know, and you can know, you know, you can get prophetic words, you can get people praying over you, people telling you like, this is your beginning, that the Lord is starting you off here, this is your foundation, like, there's more for you to, you know, more more territory for you to conquer, more tasks ahead of you. And you can hear those things and say, okay, but you're caught, you know, you're in this moment. And then maybe even your mind hasn't really fully accepted it, because sometimes what happens is you get comfortable and you get familiar with a place and it becomes your safety, your safe haven and you cling to it because at one point, you know, you knew that God was leading you there, you know, to serve there and to minister to there and to be a light and to be a vessel of impact. But the more that you, you stay a place, sometimes it becomes comfortable to the degree that you're, you get afraid to leave when it's time, when it, when it, when it's God's time for you to go which is my story because I'm leaving, you know, I decided, you know, that because the Holy Spirit led me there, that it was time for me to walk away. But at the same time, God has been working on me for two years to get to this point, because I believe God will introduce a thought to you. He will introduce a truth for you, but he's also very patient. He's also very compassionate. And he's also very loving. And, and, and he knows you, he knows what you need. He knows how he needs to hold your hand and journey with you. And he knew that it would take about two years to get me to finally realize, accept, and be um, um, willing and trusting and letting go so that he can move me into whatever my next season is supposed to look like. But the reason why I decided to do today's podcast is because I realized that over these last seven plus years of my life, one thing that I have not really mastered or done a good job at incorporating into the routine of my life is sabbathing is resting which is interesting to me because in the christian culture we you know if if you know anything about christianity we are not a new religion christianity comes out of judaism judaism is our foundation the whole the whole old testament which is known which is the jewish bible our bible in christianity we is the old testament and the new testament but the jewish bible is the old testament and if you read in the book of leviticus and even in the, the book of genesis at the beginning when god created the heavens and the earth and he created everything and he put it in you know into rotation and he created man it says that on the seventh day God rested and what we know about God is God does not rest from exhaustion God does not get tired we do as humans but God doesn't God you know God doesn't get tired it's not like he needed to rest it was that 
I believe one, he rested because it was an opportunity for him to enjoy the fruit of his labor, the fruit of his work. And to be able to sit back long enough to be like, oh, this is beautiful. This is amazing. Look at what I've done. And what one thing I want to I want to share with you all is that we are not God, but we are made like God in that a lot of how God is and how God shows up in the Bible and in our lives is an example of how we are to live our lives. We were made in the image of God. We were made like God, a little bit lower than the angels. We are not God, but we are made like God. And so even though God did not rest from exhaustion in Genesis, I believe that one, he rested for his like resting, meaning he ceased from working. He stopped working. He put everything together. He was satisfied with it. And he said, this is good. And I believe that that model for resting that God, God established in Genesis one was because he wanted to enjoy and see the fruits of his labor. But two, I think he was setting an, um, a model for us as human beings to let us know that there needs to be times of rest instilled into our lives after we have labored for a particular point in time. That that resting needs to be built into the rhythm and into the routine of our everyday living. And see what happens is, especially this podcast I'm recording right now, I'm in America, I'm American. And different cultures do it better. Like when I go to Spain, they have siestas, they take naps, like they shut things down at a certain point of time every day. So I think they understand the concept of resting and Sabbathing in a way that the average American does not because it is not built into our culture. And a lot of times when you are a foreigner, and when I say foreigner, I mean we are foreigners as Christians because we live in a kingdom other than the world we live in. We are part of God's kingdom, which is a spiritual kingdom, it is an invisible kingdom, and nevertheless, it is real. So there's, an, there's a kingdom um, uh, way of living that we almost have to fight against in our natural state because our natural state as American citizens is literally to beat ourselves to exhaustion and almost this idea of resting almost makes you feel bad. It makes you feel ashamed. It makes you feel like you're lazy. But I actually think that resting is the opposite. That resting is the opportunity for us to a sit back and, um, rejuve, uh, and, 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 acknowledge the fruit of our labor if you're always working if you're always driving yourself into the ground if you're always beating yourself you know and, and taking on this like hustle 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 mentality work hard work hard work hard work hard no days off hashtag team no sleep that all of that is actually counter biblical and counter the rhythm and the routine that God has developed for us I think that's why we experience a lot of things we experience a lot of anxiety we experience a lot of worry we experience a lot of stress we experience a lot of uh, sleep problems we, we experience a lot of phys physical and mental conditions I think fundamentally because we myself included have not honored God's rhythm which is one that values rest ie sap sabbathing ie rest so recently I have been rereading and re-listening to the Bible starting from Genesis and um, I'm only on the, I don't say only, I just finished Leviticus and Leviticus is one of those books where we kind of ignore it, we don't spend a lot of time focused on it, we feel like it's irrelevant, especially to 
um, the Christian, which is why I started off talking about our roots being in Judaism, because I feel like a lot of the principles, concepts, and even laws and routines that God established for his uh, Jewish people, his chosen people in the Old Testament, we completely kind of just disregard because yes, we're under a new covenant. We have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is ultimately our sacrificial lamb. So we no longer have to go throughout the, um, the, 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 the cycle, the religious, um, sacrificial system, because that's not no longer necessary because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He covers every, every area and more that we would have needed to offer sacrifices up for once you accept him and have a relationship with him. But you cannot just do away with the Old Testament because every almost everything about our relationship with Christ, you will see that same principle in the Old Testament. You will see that yes, Christ is the um, the fulfillment and he um he even exceeds um the practices and the and the routines and the rituals of the old testament but he does not do away with them he is the fulfillment of them and he brings great greater revelation in regards to the, i'll give you an example so like christ comes along he says and he is even taught through um the apostle paul that in the old testament we would have men would have had to physically circumcise themselves as a sign of consecration unto the lord and that you know they are dedicated to god and it was a, a, a physical act of obedience of God's chosen people. But Jesus comes along and, and Paul comes along in the New Testament and says, listen, hey, hey, I don't need circumcision of flesh. I need circumcised hearts. But so, as as the real sign of devotion and dedication that you are, you belong to me, it's the circumcision of your heart, it's the purification of your heart, the cutting away of the dirt of your heart. And so it's not that the circumcision of the flesh almost it was the precursor it was the it was showing us where God was leading us into I say this because in Leviticus um when God is explaining the law to Moses and establishing the law to Moses that Moses would then have to leave the mountain and give to the people Sabbathing was a very crucial aspect of the law however in modern day Christianity especially in America we do not practice the art of sabbathing i do not believe that we need to sabbath the way that they did in in leviticus i don't believe that it has to be the the strict routine or structure that i'm actually going to read to you out of leviticus chapter 5 but we not only not only went went away with the structure of sabbathing we have lost the principle of it getting tied up into what this modern culture has produced in America and we or in wherever you are in the world listening to this if this applies to you take it and run with it I can only speak for the American experience because that's where I grew up that's where I raised and that's why I'm inundated with day in and day out it's almost like our sense of success is attached to our sense of worth our sense of of, of job well done we are we 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 like almost make that synonymous with how burnt out I am how run down I am, how it's almost like we boast about it. We boast, like I was talking about earlier, team no sleep, you know, um, um, no days off. And this is like, where'd you get that from? Like that didn't come from God. So we look in Leviticus chapter 25 and I'm going to read it to you because I just, I want you to, to, to hear 
the over the undertone of this passage that I'm going to ex- extract from it and tell you what, how I think that applies to us right here and right now. Just a second. So we get to Leviticus chapter 25. It says, while Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving you, the land itself must the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years you you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops. But during the seventh year the land must have a Sabbath of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. And don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from the up the upruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest. But you may eat whatever the land produces on its own during its Sabbath. This applies to you, your male and female servants, your hired workers, and the temporary residents who live with you. Your livestock and the wild animals in your land will also be allowed to eat what the land produces. In addition, you must count off count off seven Sabbath years. Seven sets of seven years, adding up to 49 years in all. Then on the Day of Atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to reclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you. When each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. This 50th year will be a jubilee for you. During that year, you must not plant your fields or store away any of the crops that grow on their own. And don't gather the grapes from your unpruned fields. It will be a jubilee year for you and you must keep it holy, but you may eat whatever the land produces on its own. In the year of jubilee, each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors. I want to pause here. I'm not going to give you a whole you know, Bible lesson on Sabbathing and Jubilee and all that. I think you should, you should do that. You should do the work of doing that. But I, 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 I started off reading this passage because there were seven th- several things that were highlighted to me about Sabbathing. So we started off in Genesis where God Sabbathed, right? And when God rested it for, for God, it was a, I believe it was an opportunity for him to sit back and enjoy the fruit of his labor. It wasn't that he was exhausted. It was because it's God. God doesn't get exhausted, but it was an opportunity for him to a enjoy what he had done in, in, in its in its beauty, but also to model for us that we get to do that too. We get to work, and we get to we have we get to sit back and, and see. Wow, my my work counted for something. That if we just grind ourselves and we just work hard all the time, we don't get to see any of the labor, the 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 fruit of it. We don't get to realize and enjoy. Um, the, the fruit of the hard works. So it's like almost like what's the point of working so hard if you never slow down long enough to just kind of woo sigh in it or in, in the song, you just say a and t- t- take a pause and like take it all in, right? But I also think that resting makes us more productive. Now, this part doesn't apply to God. I think this part only applies to us. Resting gives us and the land, God told the land to not work, an opportunity to just be rejuvenated. To just be restored, to not be beat up so much that we have nothing left to give. I started off later earlier by saying, I think in our culture, we have this shame principle instilled into us and this belief that if I'm not working, then I'm lazy. But I think it's the other way around. If you want to be able to give the best of yourself, you got to pull back. 
And I started by talking um, and, and create a space for rejuvenation. I started off by talking about my job at the church because I am now walking away from, I don't say walk away, I'm leaving, I'm following God. I am ending a chapter in my life and beginning a new one. But in the ending of this chapter, you know, the Lord has shown to me like, Liana, you need to woosa, you need to pull back and you need to rest, which I felt like was not something I had the permission to do. And it's crazy because this wasn't even planned, but this is June, which means um, it's the sixth month. So next month is July. I decided the entire month of July, I'm going to rest. It's the seventh month. And on the seventh month, I'm going to rest. Like on the Sabbath, on the seventh day, God rested. Then one thing I realized is, oh my goodness, I've been, I've been pastoring for seven years. I'm 32 years old. I've been pastoring for seven years nonstop. I mean, when I say nonstop, I mean through through the bearing of my father passing automatic, through depression, through a lot of lows and highs emotionally, just pressing. I've been pastoring nonstop for seven years. And one thing that I realized was that it's not a coincidence that after seven years, God tells me to, to pause because anyone, we know anything about the Bible. Seven is the number of completion. It's, it's the number of, um, of wholeness. And it's almost like God is saying, like Liana, like it's complete. The work that I've called you to do there in that way, it is complete. But it's almost like in, in between going into this new beginning, God is like now on the seventh month, I need you. I want you to rest which felt so foreign to me. But what God has been showing me is that resting is an opportunity to be rejuvenated and restored. You cannot give well, you can't work well, you can't give the best of yourself out of an empty place. And in order to be refueled, rejuvenated, and to find new strength, new inspiration, new vision, new hope, newness, you have to slow down and stop. You got to turn your mind off a little bit. You have to shut your body down. You have to um, pause. And in doing that, if you're a person like myself who may have some, like some control issues or this feeling of like, if I'm not grinding it out, then I'm not, you know, um, or I want to go back really quickly because a lot of people are like, well, pastors, they rest on Mondays. And I, I don't think resting is just after seven years or after seven. I think resting can be built into your daily routine. This is where it's not about being stuck on the Levitical way of resting and focus on the, the Levitical principle of resting. So whether that's a day of your week, whether that's a certain time of your day, whether that's three days off in the month that you take or whatever, however you build, maybe it's two to three weeks in your year that you just shut down. Like however you build it, you need to build it in a way that uh, allows you to enjoy the fruit of your labor. You need to build it up in a way that allows you to be rejuvenated. So you can't go too long without resting time. I'm resting five months because no, you may need that as a part of your routine, whether that's a massage, you know what I'm saying? Whether that's, you know, no emails today at all, no phone calls, like whatever your job is, whatever your routine of life is, you have to build it into yours. The problem for me was I was a pastor, but I'm also an entrepreneur. So what I would do is I would be like, oh, Mondays are my day off. But what I would do is I would just shift my focus. So it was, no, I may not be doing the pastoring thing on Monday. I may not be preaching on Monday. I may not be working on sermon notes on Monday. I may not be counseling on Monday, but now I'm working on my website. Now I'm working on my merchandise. Now I need to take pictures and upload. I got to do this on social media. I got to do that. And so I did not rest on Mondays. I just refocused my energy on something else, which is why I know I am so tired <laughs> in my life right now. It's because I 
you know, I may get a massage here or there or whatever, but I have not given myself the space for my mind and my body to just pull back. And a lot of you listening to this, you can relate. Oh my gosh, you can relate so well to that. So here I am in um, my seventh year, concluding it and realizing all along, I missed something. I missed the principle, the Levitical and even the Genesis principle that God established into the routine and the fabric of the system by which he wanted us to rule our lives by a very important aspect of that. And that was shutting down. So I said shutting down and resting allows us to enjoy and write the fruit of labor to get rejuvenated. But for us, and this principle does not apply to God either. This is just for us. It is a sign of trust because if you're a control freak, like I am in this belief that even though, yeah, I'm trusting God, but I'm doing my part, quote unquote, then you feel like you are always a part of the equation. You are always a part of what makes something produce on your behalf or what makes something good. And in this passage, God tells them, don't even touch the land. Don't plant nothing. Don't do nothing. Don't touch it. And I was at lunch with my dinner with my little sister the other day and it was like we had an aha moment because we were talking about this and what it does is it allows you to step back and to trust God. Because what it helps you to realize, it was always God holding it together in the first place. It was always you. It was always him in the beginning. But if our hand is always attached to it, we don't, we don't get a chance to really fully believe that. Do I, do I believe that God will hold the business together even if I take a break? Do I believe that God can hold the ministry together if I take a break? Do I believe that my career trajectory or my education or my success is over if I take a break? If I rest, because if we believe that, then what we also believe is that it was us that was holding it together all along in the first place. That Sabbathing and resting gives me an opportunity to challenge how much I really trust God. Come on, somebody. Which is hard to do for an A-type personality, a person that was raised in a culture that says, go, 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 do, 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 don't be lazy, work hard. You know, um, it's hard for a person that is a to-do lister, that is goal-oriented because we fear that if we don't accomplish the task, if we don't check the things off the to-do to list, the to-do list, if we don't show up and produce, it won't get done. But then that begs the question of God to us, do you trust me? Or do you think that you are really the God of your life and you're the one who's making it happen? And so God is challenging me, Liana, the pastor. I've been pastoring for seven years and I have not owned Sabbathing, which is part of God's routine. God's rhythm. What did I miss? You know, I have allowed the cultures and the patterns of this world to overshadow, overshadow the principles of the kingdom of God. Resting is a sign of trust and it is a form of worship. If we keep our hand to the plow, if we keep focusing on our work all the time, we begin to worship it and we even begin to worship ourselves. And we adopt the belief and the mentality that we are the ones who are holding this all together. But if I can take my hand off of it and I can back up, I realize that A, God was the one holding it all together in the first place. And that I am just 
doing my part. I am just living out the kingdom assignment on my life. But a part of that kingdom assignment is to rest. And the other thing is, it is a sign of worship because I can now build more intentional time into my life. Not only because worship is a lifestyle, even the work you do is worship, right? But I think the work is worship, but I think the, the rest is worship as well. Because when you rest, you can almost have like specified, identified, intentional time to pull back from everything else and just be with you and God in a way that you can't. When you're focused on the task at hand, when you're doing the work, yes, the Bible says, do all that you do as unto the glory of God. So work unto God's glory. So allow your work to be worship, but then you can also allow your rest to be worship. And I'm not here to prescribe for you what that's supposed to look like in your life. That's a part of you invoking the Holy Spirit to give you specific direction. For some people, like I said, it's the day of the week where they do nothing. For some people, it's built into your actual day. Every day you build in time for rest. For some people, it's built into your month right? Your year, whatever it is. The question is, are you enjoying the fruit of your labor? Are you allowing time and space to be rejuvenated? Have you created a routine where you can prove to yourself that you trust God? And three, are you allowing the space and the freedom to worship in a way that you could not worship if you were working? So I just want to encourage somebody. So for me, you know, I'm decided I'm taking the month of July off to do absolutely nothing, which is really new for me. I said, I'm going to do three things in July. I'm going to rest, like sleep, get massages, that kind of stuff, go bike riding with my goddaughter. I'm going to um, exercise because that's just very important for me. I've, um, you know, I, I just exercise is a, is a, um, while I don't necessarily enjoy it, I enjoy the fruit of it. And when the endorphins are released, I'm unstoppable. But, you know, I just, I need to take care of my physical health in a way that there's been a decline the past couple of years, which then starts to affect my mental and emotional state, which I ain't about that life. And the third thing I said, I was going to do spend time with God. And as a pastor, that's hard to do. Let me tell you why. Because a lot of times, even when we're spending time with God and we're reading the Bible and we're doing these things, we're immediately focused on how can I turn this into a sermon? How can I turn this into a lesson? How can I turn this into a book? And I decided I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try really hard not to do that and just to allow God to speak to me, to speak to my soul, to speak to my heart. Um, and so that being said, I'm also not going to produce this podcast in July, which I was a very afraid of because I was like, listen, I just started in March. Like... It's too soon to take a break. But once again, like I said, it's a sign of trust. Do I think that God can keep my listeners in tuned and come back in July? You know what I'm saying? Or do I think that it's over because of, you know, I took a break in July. And also I get to sit back and enjoy like, man, I've been producing episodes nonstop since March. Like, this is dope. You know, I've never done this before. And I'm seeing myself do something I've never done before. And that... I get to I get to step back and enjoy the fruit of that. And so I want to encourage you to do the same for yourself. Um, go back and listen to some shows. If you know, if you're new to the podcast, there's like 11 or 12 episodes already on here, you know. Um, so go back and listen to some of those shows and be encouraged and inspired. But I want to take a leap of faith in a new way for myself and allow myself the permission to Sabbath. And I also want to offer you that permission to yourself as well. So I hope there's something that I said in today's episode that reached you and that the Holy Spirit uh, used this to confirm some things that he's already been saying to you um, or to give you a new insight on um, inviting the, the, the Levitical principle 
the biblical principle of Sabbathing and rest back into our modern day Christian culture. All right, y'all check you out in August. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Sharpen Her Iron. Go ahead and like this, share it with a friend, and subscribe to our podcast for more conversations with dope women. If you want to stay connected, you can follow me on Instagram at the Queen Liana. You can email us at sharpenheriron at gmail.com. Engage with us. Let us know what you think about the show. And for all upcoming events Sharpen Her Iron related, go ahead and visit our website, sharpenheriron.com.